When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Two very experienced gentlemen join us this morning. Uh, Mark Hinton from Stuff, senior writer, of course, uh, broken so many great stories over the years and a lot of codes. And Dylan Cleaver, whose exciting new uh, program uh, or uh, prospect that he's got going now is called a newsletter called The Bounce, which has uh, taken off very quickly and uh, will include uh, a lot of very interesting sporting issues. Uh, Dylan, I'll start with you. Um, Perhaps we should start uh, just put to bed this promotion relegation thing that Neil Barnes, uh, with his comments, uh, raised a few eyebrows with. What what is your take on it? Uh, Well, I'm from I'm a good man of the Taranaki, actually. Uh, So yeah, it's it's a really difficult situation, isn't it? I think the sensible thing is, obviously, you can't have relegation. The integrity of the competition has been too compromised this year. But there's no reason you can't have an 8-6 and split next year and have two go down next season and one go up. And for me, that's the easiest compromise to make because, yeah, I mean, it's just a shame that essentially the championship means nothing otherwise this year if there's no promotion. Um, Mark, your take on it? Do you, you uh, concur with that? Yeah, well, I, I have sympathies for for Barnsley. Um, clearly, his team's going real well and would be, you know, on to be promoted. And, you know, as hard as you work to get into that top division, I, I understand his fr- frustration, Smithy. But listen, if you want to start whinging about your lot in life because of COVID, get in line. Get in line and it's a long line. There's a lot of people across a lot of areas of life who have been, who have been, you know, put out, compromised, and flat out had their whole existence, you know, put under question because of COVID. Uh, and this is a COVID thing. Let's make no no mistake about that. So, I, I, I you know, I I understand his frustration and I empathise with him in that area. But it's these are COVID times. You're just going to have to wear it, mate, because, you know, as, as Dylan said, you can't have an uneven playing field and, and some teams just not even playing outside the first few rounds. It, it, all bets are off. These are COVID times. These are unusual times, and there are victims, and his team's one of them. Mark, yesterday was uh, confirmed that uh, the Dolphins will be the 17th franchise, the 17th uh, team in the NRL. Uh, we had uh, this morning on uh, Andrew Chalmers, who uh, is the CEO or managing director of uh, Wellington Orcas Limited. Um, he's very, very keen and very positive to continue his crusade. He started back in '91. Chances of New Zealand 
sustaining two NRL teams at the moment? Well, we can't sustain one. So um, I'm not sure we should be shooting for two at the moment. Look, let's get the one we've got right first and then worry about it. Look, this has been a long-running affair, hasn't it? The, the, the Wellington team in the NRL has been around for a long time and there's a reason it hasn't got across the line. It doesn't stack up from the Aussie side of the coin. I don't think a second New Zealand team brings enough to the table to demand inclusion. And look, this, you know, the, when the Warriors are making the playoffs every year, when they're knocking on the door of the grand final on a consistent basis, then let's look and say, let's get a second New Zealand team in there. But until then, let's fix the Warriors first would be my thought. Dylan, um, I'm sort of in that camp as well because, you know, we keep saying this is the year, this is the year, but can we say it twice that often? Yeah, look, I, I might swing against the tide on this one a bit. I'd actually love to see it because, for one, I think we have the raw talent in New Zealand. I mean, there's New Zealanders propping up all 16 NRL franchises and probably doing it better than 15 than they are at, at the one that matters the most for New Zealanders. And I also think that having a second New Zealand team might actually crystallise uh, the Warriors into representing who they should be representing, which I believe personally, it's the city of Auckland. For me, they've always been the Auckland Warriors. Auckland, and in particular, South and West Auckland, is rugby league heartland, and that's where that franchise should be um, investing all its energy, making sure they get the cream of the crop that comes out of that uh, area, which is just rich in rugby league talent. So I actually think having a second New Zealand NRL team might be the best thing that happened, not not just for league in this country, but also for the Auckland Warriors. What they do have to do, which Mark very um, clearly pointed out, though, was that it has to have a commercial and a financial case. And I, I suspect that there will be a little bit of hesitancy on the Australians' part as to whether a team goes to Wellington can offer what, say, a, another team in Queensland could offer or potentially even a, a team in Perth or South Australia. See, see Dylan, I, I can see your point of view, um, but I can also, after an initial burst, unless they're super successful initially, a lot of empty yellow seats at Sky Stadium in Wellington, as per uh, the Phoenix. And that's what worries me uh, about it. And I, I think that's probably the most concerning factor overall, that, you know, the, the depth and sustainability of the support. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But there's also a lot of suburban uh, Sydney league teams that struggle to get kind of crowds of, of more than 15,000. And I wonder, and this is probably a long way down the track, whether you get a boutique league stadium in, in the north of Wellington and in Porirua, where I think that uh, most people would agree that Porirua and Hart Valley is where that league heartland is. You get a boutique league stadium if, that's sort of got a capacity around fifteen to 20,000 and you move the league out of Westpac Stadium, which, yeah, I totally agree. It's so disheartening watching in cricket one-day internationals there where it's just a, a sea of yellow. I agree. Uh, and and it, it's not just uh, cricket, it's rugby, it's across the board. So uh, I think that's a problem. We're, we're going to go uh, to the news, gentlemen, and then when we come back, uh, I'd, I'd really love to get your thoughts on uh, Mata 2, which was uh, released yesterday officially. We now have women's professional rugby players. Uh, I guess we're looking at a bit of sustainability there. Uh, and the spiritual nature of the names, and sporting team names in, in particular. 
uh, are they going to change from here on in? Uh, good uh, topics to debate after the news. Here's Trudy. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Mark Hinton, Dylan Cleaver with us this morning on the panel. Mark, uh, yesterday the uh, confirmation of uh, Super Rugby or Picky uh, with uh, the naming of the first franchise officially, uh, Mutter 2, down in Christchurch. Uh, what did you make of that? Five uh, professional women's players. Uh, so it's gaining a, a lot of strength and credibility very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, I love the name. Mata Two means standing tall, basically. Standing tall and strong. And I'm sure they'll do that, the South Island representative in this competition and, and embracing a bit of Te Reo Maori. So fantastic. I mean, it's not going to have a lot of residents around the world, is it, the name? But it means a lot in New Zealand, and that's the main thing. Um, so I love the name, I love the embracing of the culture, and I love the competition, and it's long overdue, not before time, thank goodness it's finally up and running that our women have some sort of seat at the professional rugby table in terms of franchise rugby. So really looking forward to seeing how this competition you know, unfolds and, and provides another level of rugby you know, for our fantastic uh, Black Ferns players coming up through the ranks. So... Everything they're doing about it, Smithy, sounds right. But to be fair, they have had a long time to get this right. This has been a fair while in the brewing, um, this whole competition. So um, signs so far are good. Let's hope they continue down this pathway. So uh, let's look at um, Mata 2. Uh, and as uh, Mark pointed out, uh, Dylan, uh, you know, it's, it's got a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, Maori culture um, and uh, history about it, the naming of that. Can we expect then uh, going forward that uh, all the franchises will fall into line in this way? I mean, are gone the days of blue, red, green, uh, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, well, I kind of hope so, actually. And although it doesn't make for a great debate, I find it very hard to disagree with a single word that, that Mark just said. Actually, I think it's fantastic. I love the name. When I think about New Zealand and I think about some of the things unique to New Zealand, uh, one is our um, devotion to rugby, uh, which is second to none, and it's also our Māori culture and language. And combining the two is just an absolute no-brainer for me. Um, yeah, I love it. I love the spirituality aspects of it. I just think it, it's a terrific um, initiative. And look, um, I'm of a certain generation where I, I probably missed a lot of the education around uh, Maori culture and language and, and I must admit I'm, I get really jealous when my kids come home and they can easily speak sentences in Maori and, and I, you know, there's a bit of regret there that it, it came a bit late for me so I love it um, I hope more New Zealand teams adopt this and yeah, I, I cannot see a negative there So uh from your point of view, uh, Mark, uh, I mean, we had this review, didn't we? We had this big chat about um, uh, the, the de derivation of names and, and what they actually meant uh, in terms of society these days. And uh, I think the Crusaders was one they really did take a close look at, wasn't it? So, mm -hmm. I mean, is this a, a women taking a lead here? Absolutely. Look, there's a big... This is ongoing. The Exeter Chiefs... Uh, rugby team in the UK is embroiled in a bit of controversy around uh, the wearing of the, you know, the uh, uh, American Indian uh, headgear um, as, as a symbol of their team. Uh, you know, that's taking centre stage at the moment in the UK. We've, of course, had a lot going on with the names in, in US sport 
foremost among them, the Washington Redskins, who no longer exist. They're now the Washington football team. I, I think it's gone from the ridiculous to the sublime or whatever where by giving it such a bland name, but maybe they're trying to make a point. Anyway, um, I guess uh, the point, Smithy, is gone are the days of, of, of you know, cultural appropriation and, and, and borderline, you know, racism in the naming of our teams. Let's have a we think about this. Let's have a we think about what names mean, what names stand for. Good on the woman for getting this right. They're underway in good style. Uh, Mark, uh, can I just ask you, um, with your finger on the pulse up there, uh, about um, the rugby, the, um, the, the three NPC teams in Auckland, is there any teeth to um, any competition or any, any latest news about whether that's going to actually come, up, come about? Well, these guys are desperate to get some rugby, aren't they? You know, I, uh, uh, there's one or two uh, young rugby players that you know might be hopeful if, if things fail their way of getting a call up for Ian Foster's tour. If some injuries happen, they can't even get on on a rugby field and hit, you know, make a tackle or even hit a, ta- a tackle bag at the moment. The way the the uh, regulations are in Auckland, so a very frustrating time. They're desperate for rugby. They will. Um, play if at all possible but mate with those numbers that come out at 1pm each day it's hard to see how they get on the field this year um, um, another one you know talk about Neil Barnes grumbling another sort of lost opportunity for a, a bunch of our professional rugby players and that they're going to be behind the eight ball when they hit, hit the ground hopefully in summertime not having played any rugby at all for, for months on end so um Tough times, but, you know, bigger picture stuff, isn't it? Uh, COVID rules all at the moment. It tends to. Uh, it did rule the IPL, Dylan, for a little while. They had to stop it halfway through. They've resumed it, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, McCullum's Kolkata Knight Riders have made a hell of a turnaround. Uh, and now, after yeah. this morning's very close win in the end, they have got to the point where they are in the final against Stephen Fleming's uh, Chennai Super King. This is amazing. Uh, two New Zealand coaches, two great mates, ending up uh, and the grand final, coaching teams uh, on the biggest stage of all. Yeah, isn't it? There's, a, there's quite a lot to unpack there, actually. For a start, you're right. It's the kind of master versus the apprentice. Um, Flynn used to be um, Brendan's manager. and In fact, I kind of credit Flynn for dragging Brendan out of what I would call his um, entitled years. Where perhaps it, it didn't look like he was going to fulfil that massive potential that he had, and, and yet he ended up becoming one of the more influential people in New Zealand's career history. Uh, look, KKR were awful at the start of the tournament, and there was a lot of uh, pressure on Brendan. He'd made Owen Morgan captain, ahead of a very popular local guy in Dinesh Karthik. And incidentally, this year, Owen Morgan has probably been demonstrably the worst player in the IPL, with about averaging about 11 at a strike rate under 100. So it's, it's almost undefendable, except for the fact that made the final in last night's game it's just incredible. KKR were one for one, two, three, chasing one, three, six, with four overs to go. And then the meat of their order, which is Karthik, Morgan, Shakib, and Nareen, went third ball duck, third ball duck, second ball duck, first ball duck. And they ended up needing a six of the penultimate ball of Bradley Ashwin to get through. So just a, it's an extraordinary tournament for them. And yeah, I can't wait. Well, the thing about it is that Stephen Fleming's been there, done that, um, uh, for Brendan McCallum. The thing about Brendan, for me, though, uh, Don, is that nothing seems to phase him. 
And this is just another challenge. This is another another bit of excitement. Uh, 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 he's uh, he's quite damn incredible in that regard. I, I've got to say, he's, it's uh, and he's got a uh, uh, along with Morgan, of course, who's obviously a very good on the field leader. That that seems to be their strength, Dylan. To me, is leadership. Yeah, and they have a very um, set philosophy, which they're going to stick to come hell or high water. And it didn't work at the start, and I think it took quite a while for the younger Indian players in particular buy into it. But once they have, they've been exceptional. And, yeah, you're right, Stephen Fleming has been there. He's done that. And Chennai are a very experienced team with um, talk about leadership. Uh, so you've got MS Dhoni pulling the strings there. So... Yeah, they're trashing cultures in some ways, but um, yeah, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a cracking final. Saturday morning, New Zealand time, and then uh, they'll make their way home if they can get to uh, some MIQ spots. That'll be interesting as well. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, Mark Hinton this morning, uh, Dylan Cleaver have been the panel, insightful too on uh, a number of issues there. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll have another one uh, tomorrow morning at the same time.